0: get ready yeah! yeah because under the dome with cd starts right now let's do it i'm ready let's do it Look in my eyes. what do you see the
1: person Hey, there we go. Good morning, beautiful people. Hopefully you're enjoying yourself on this Saturday morning. It'd be great if I could turn my headphones up like it's a Chappelle show sketch in the early 2000s. There we go. Now I can hear myself. Now you can hear me. Appreciate you listening in on this Louisiana Saturday morning. And more importantly, after what feels like forever. I mean, it's pretty much been almost a little over eight months since we can say in terms of the world of football and in terms of the New Orleans Saints, it's game day. And I had that little pause in there that was a little deliberate, if you will. And that was more the fact that I want to make sure that you heard me have that gap because I can't say the word I wanted to say In that little gap in between, because then the show wouldn't exist anymore. But it's finally game day for the New Orleans Saints. It is a fantastic Saturday morning. I mind you all, it's also pretty darn good because of the fact that you had the Astros get a really nice win over the Oakland A's. And yes, we're going to get to the return of the Mac Colors. I know that's kind of a weird little bit there, but you know what? we're all the way here for it. appreciate you listening and however you're doing so be it through the free 103.7 the game mobile app and 1041 the towers of power the game 1037 lap yet and 1041 out in Lake Charles and also your favorite speakers make sure you tell it to play the game Southwest Louisiana appreciate everybody listening in and if you want to get in on the conversation trust me we got a lot to get to on this show today but hey if you want to get in Make sure you call us up at 337-706-0111. As always, guests at the bottom of the hour. That leaves you ample time. It's not like how it had been during the summertime when I started kind of going a little bit more guest-heavy, guest-laden shows. But honestly, you are going to keep it locked in for the next two hours. We're going to get to the Saints. We're going to get to LSU. We're also going to get some different things in the world of sports on this Saturday, but we gotta start it off with what's causing all this, and we get to your Saturday sports sermon.
0: The famous CD is on his soapbox to start your Saturday.
1: Oh testify!
0: It's time for your Saturday sports sermon.
1: Let me preface this by saying that while I agree with some of the sentiment being shared over who that nation over the last week or so about one Jameis Winston, I understand it. He's he's coming off an ACL injury and then he kind of tears up his foot. I get it. I can understand your frustrations. I can hear your frustrations about it. But I feel like there's way too many of the, what I'm going to call the Jameis Winston haters, the Chicken Littles coming out of their coops for the first time since the end of the year. That they all are thinking that this is the worst case scenario. There's a lot of catastrophizing going on around here. And some of it is justified. But I feel like there needs to be a pumping of the brakes. Is earlier this week, obviously, you know we all heard the rumors. He hurt his foot. Some people were saying it was his ankle, but wound up turning out to be the foot after we heard from head coach Dennis Allen. And everybody's like, oh, no. Well, Dennis Allen said outright, it should be nothing of people's concern. He should be back by the time we get to the start of the 2022 NFL season when it really matters. And personally... I wouldn't want him playing a single down in a preseason game. Don't believe me? Ask the New York football Jets how it went for him last night. They want him having their guy, Zach Wilson. He's out there playing a darn good game. They want him winning the game, rallying late, and then he goes get hurt, and he had, probably has a torn ACL, and he's already done for the year. That's one preseason game in, which further makes me think that the NFL, and I've said it for years, the NFL should abolish preseason games. If the college football teams that play from September to early January can go in raw after a fall camp, can play a full schedule without having to worry about a doggone thing in terms of preseason football, the only reason why they're doing it is for the money. We all know that. But at the end of the day, The preseason football games should not be a thing anymore if I'm being completely blunt and honest with you right now, and injuries alone is the biggest reason why, but going aside from that, I say who that nation, you should fret not because you haven't heard anything more about Jameis Winston's injury. Sometimes the best news is no news. You don't hear any bad updates. Because if you hear an update, more often than not, it is a bad one. It usually leads to the worst case scenario. And yes, a foot injury, nothing to mess with. Him. But at the same time, if he's okay, if he's able to kind of bounce back, he's still young. I think this could be a huge step in the right direction for the sport. And for the NFL's like underdogs because I think everybody in the national media has already given the New Orleans Saints a standing eight count. Spoilers, I think this team is going to answer the bell in a huge way this season. I've said it I said it back in May. Around the time all those acquisitions started happening, when the door was opened for all these LSU players, these big names like Honey Badger and Jarvis Landry, I was kind of saying... 12-5 is the absolute ceiling of this team, and I think the floor is probably a 10-7 and seven type year. And if you do that, that's pretty doggone good. That said, I don't think 10-7 and seven gets you to the playoffs, and I'm sure a lot of people will poo-poo that. But at the end of the day, 10-7 in a tough NFC division, we'll talk about that NFC division more broadly in a few. But fret not, that Nation. Because you look at everything you have in the wide receiver core. You've got uh, Michael Thomas. He's healthy, 110% healthy. Hell, you've got Chris Olave from another The Ohio State University. Again, the Saints have a perverse liking. It's damn near a fetish for them to get guys from The Ohio State University. Mind you, I can't hate it because it pays off like gangbusters with guys like Michael Thomas, like Chris Olave. Hell, you got Marshawn Lattimore out there. I guarantee you, Ohio State University and the New Orleans Saints is a hell of a pipeline, to say the very least. Then you've got a lot of other guys that you saw excel in their first year. Chris Olave's – no, excuse me, Chris Olave. Marquez Calloway was great in year one. Let's see how he does in year number two. Deontay Hardy, formerly Deontay Harris, he could be somebody that – He feels like he probably leaned towards being more special teams, but can fit a role. Traquan Smith, the list goes on and on. I think if you plug in the the great red hype of Andy Dalton, I think you could still have a serviceable season because you look at what he was able to do during his peak years and having talents like A.J. Green around him. The Bengals were pretty halfway decent. Now when it comes to the postseason, they couldn't do anything worth a damn. But again, that was the Bengals of old. Now I think the Bengals of new with Joe Burrow in the house, they could be a formidable foe to say the very least. So with all that said, it's a little concerning, yes. But I feel like there are way too many people either, you know, wanting to jump off the bridge or on the ledge and kind of looking down realizing, hey, maybe this is a little bit too high of a jump i say step away from that ledge, my friend. We're not going to go full third eye blind here. But I think you have to consider a few things. First of all. did they say this was going to require surgery? No. I'd much rather take my time and analyze the situation and say, hey, wait till you hear something more. Wait till you hear more about that injury. And if it is truly a injury that could be debilitating, then hell yeah. Jump on him. And hell, the Jameis Winston haters that I still don't understand to this day. The people are like, oh, we should trade for Deshaun Watson. Jameis Winston ain't the answer. Oh, Deshaun Watson has all these charges, probably going to be suspended for a year. Okay, let's go draft Malik Willis. I understand Malik Willis had a really good first game, but I guarantee you that's only one piece of the puzzle. That's only one part Of this entire thing. I got to say. This. Saints team. Is in very good hands. And it takes a lot for me to say that. And with Jameis Winston there. I understand. I have been. And admittedly, on record, on this station, if you go back in the archives long enough, I guarantee you, you will find a laundry list of me hating on Jameis Winston. Hell, I think when Jameis Winston signed with the Saints, I was skeptical. Fully admit that. But guess what? 2021. People were saying, trade for Jimmy G a day after Jameis Winston got hurt. Famous Jameis gets hurt. Oh. At the, the sky is falling time to trade for somebody better and move on from Jameis Winston he's injury prone I get that sentiment because at the end of the day there's some truth to that but there's still something to be said about this franchise and what's going on with this kind of whole reshuffling if you will You can complain all you want about Jameis Winston. And hey, trade for Jimmy G. But at the end of the day, look at the numbers that Jameis Winston put up before he got injured. He was not just good, but quite good at his job. So don't even start with all that mess. That's my statement to you. Don't start with all this mess about how he's not good. I guarantee you, he's better than Jimmy G. He's going to wind up turning out to be better than Malik Willis. Than Malik Malik Willis would have been for the New Orleans Saints. He would be better than a lot of guys that were out there in the 2021 NFL draft that were available when the Saints traded up to wind up getting Chris Olave. That pick turned out to be great. Again, it's early in the year. We haven't even gotten to actual games that actually matter. I'm not even counting tonight's game. I'll be watching to see what Chris Olave and some of these other guys do, but I won't be concerned with every single thing else that's going on inside the world of Jameis Winston-Watch and his injury. Because I think he'll be just fine. Because I think he'll do the right things and understand how important it is to be 100% healthy. He doesn't have to play a single game for me in the preseason. Rest up and get ready for the more important part of your season, and that is 2022 when they open up the NFL regular season because that's all that matters. You could be 3-0. and You can win 21 straight games like the Baltimore Ravens do in the preseason. Does it really matter when you get to week 17 of the regular season, how your record was in the preseason? Hell no. It don't matter. All that matters is how many dubs you have in early January 2023, now that it's a 17-week season. Give me those numbers instead of preseason numbers. I understand there's concern, and there should be concern, for Jameis Winston's health. If you're not hearing anything from me, if you're not hearing anything from RP3, if you're not hearing anything from Ross Jacks or anybody else that covers the New Orleans Saints, consider this phrase. And if you haven't heard it before, let me just say it. No news is good news. And we'll leave it at that. So fret not, that Nation, until you hear more news. Consider it. All news to be good. All no news, I should say. No news is good news. We'll take a quick time. I'll be back with more. we got Jacques Doucet coming on in about 13 minutes. But when we come back, we'll get to my NFC tier list. We're going to get into the NFL this week with our tier lists and kind of look how things are. We'll start with the NFC next week will be the AFC. So keep it locked right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
0: Most sports talk shows turn it up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome is far from your ordinary sports talk show. It takes it just one step higher. These go to 11. Now back to the show that gets the lead out. Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. And speaking of those Astros, we got your chance to go see the Astros live and in living color. Now, how do you do that? Well, it's quite simple. All you have to do is sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. And you'll have a chance to see the Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th. That should be a heck of a ball game. And you can be right there at Minute Maid Park and join all the action live in a living co. So make sure you sign up today if you haven't already. And seriously, if you haven't already, what the hell are you waiting for? It's free to enter. It's free to join. you got a chance to win this great prize and so much more right now and what do I mean by this and so much more? Well, guess what? Not only do you get to go to the Astros game, you get four tickets. Not one, not two, not three, but four. A tour of Minute Maid Park. And trust me, you want to see every little thing that Minute Maid Park has to offer, especially if you haven't been there in a while, because you wind up getting rid of Talos Hill. If you don't—if you haven't been there since Talos Hill was around, trust me, you want to see what this looks like. Hell, I would love a tour of Minute Maid Park, to be quite honest, because it's been a long time. Since I've been there, I'm, I'm even talking about that more in the 10 o'clock hour. That's more forward promotion there. But you can also get hotel accommodations for that Saturday night. So don't worry about getting a hotel. Just drive yourself all the way over to H Town to go watch the Astros take on the Orioles on August 27th. So if you feel like you want to enter that, go ahead and do so at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com and sign up today in the clubhouse. The Astros' weekend getaways are powered by Butcher, A.C., La in Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. If you want to get, get your call in right now, 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. We've got Jacques Doucet coming on in about seven, eight minutes. But in the meantime, in between time, I want to get to uh, my NFC tier list. I've been doing this all throughout. The last month or so is looking at the conferences that we cover here and more importantly, the teams we cover here and seeing where they fit in a tier list of all the teams they're up against in their respective conference, division, whatever. And to kind of recap, I have LSU. They are firmly in that B tier, but they're very close to a C tier type team. It just depends on on who the quarterback is and what kind of decision they have. there's there. That's my biggest question mark, is quarterback. And we'll maybe get some more detail on that in a little bit. Cajuns, I have them in the A tier. But I think that is more because of how weak the West Division is more than anything. Now when it comes to the NFC side of things, next week we'll do the AFC. I want to start off with the biggest tier, the most important tier, the S tier. It's difficult to really put anybody on the outright S-tier of the NFC, but I think the reigning and defending Super Bowl champions deserve that spot. Matt Stafford finally got the stink of Detroit off him. He's got some great weapons for him. He's going to work with offensively like Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson should be an interesting pick to see how he kind of fits in with that system after being part of Chicago for years. Can he kind of really break through that proverbial glass ceiling that I think the Bears have had on them for the better part of 15 years? They signed Bobby Wagner in the offseason, kind of have Aaron Donald existing there. This team has a strong chance of running it back like they're their early 2000s Patriots. That said, everybody else is going to be gunning for them. I think there's two teams in particular that land right underneath that mix. And we go to the A-tier. Green Bay Packers and New Orleans Saints are in my A-tier. And I think whenever you just think about the Green Bay Packers, the big name that you think about, without a doubt, is Aaron Rodgers. I understand the dude's kind of enjoying the little medicine. Let's go ahead and put it that way. During the offseason. But when you have somebody that is racking up MVPs for two straight seasons, You kind of have to acknowledge it and say, hey, this team's really good. It doesn't matter what kind of weapons he has around him. If he has the best weapons, the worst weapons, or middle-of-the-road weapons. Guarantee you they're going to get things done. They're going to get some wins on the board. I think they absolutely deserve to be in the A tier. And also, a lot like what we said about the Cajuns in the Sun Belt West a couple weeks ago, I think the same can be said about the NFC North because you've got the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings. And safe to say, none of those teams really bounce off the page as anything more than the bottom half of this tier list, which we'll get to in a moment. But the New Orleans Saints, they feel a lot like the stock market pre-2008 crash, if you remember that. They're too big to fail. Michael Thomas, MT-13, looking fantastic. Dare I say, good. AK-41, reportedly, according to, I think his name Stephen Balco, reportedly said that this came out a little bit yesterday afternoon. And everybody kind of, it was interesting to develop. Michael Balco, excuse me, not Stephen Balco. Michael Balco, he's got the blue check, so there's some reason to think this is true. But he's saying that a suspension for Kamara is now likely to occur in 2023 rather than rather than in 2022. So that's a great thing. And then you've got the prodigal sons and Jarvis Landry and Tyron Matthew coming home. Jameis Winston healthy? I've said it a while. I said it months ago. Getting Honey Badger, getting Jarvis Landry, getting Chris Alavi, doing all these things in the offseason. Let's ride and let's get to a freaking Super Bowl in 2023. I think this team has all the potential in the world to do that. They are showing, hey, we are all in on doing that. I said it months ago. Because this league is very much who's going to put all their chips in front of the table to go all in for one year. And this is that year for the Saints. So let's ride. B-tier. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers. And the Bucks, to be fair, have every chance to win the NFC South. But I thought about this comparison yesterday. as I was making way back from lunch. Is that this feels a lot like a LeBron with the Lakers situation. You know, you have him jo- leave one side of the world to go join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You kind of get all these rain chasers to come over. You get a ring one year. And then the next season, you don't necessarily fall off a cliff, but you don't get to that magical moment. You don't get back to the Super Bowl. You got to the playoffs, yes, but did you get creamed. This is absolutely one of those kind of teams. How does Tom Brady perform without Rob Gronkowski? The diesel to his Shawn Michaels. A little wrestling reference for you because, well, why not? Because I think Tom Brady, without a doubt, has become one of the greatest of all time. And I think he can do well with anybody. But how does he do without Rob Gronkowski? The Dallas Cowboys, I think, deserve to be in the B tier almost solely because they feel like the best team in an NFC East division that continues to get a little bit weaker almost every single time I look at them. Case in point, the Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. Spoilers, they're at the bottom of this tier. Hell, I almost put an F tier, but I didn't want to put that Heat on them. So I think you can say without a doubt that they have the potential to win the East, and that's a big reason why they're in this spot in the B tier. Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, they made some really interesting moves in the offseason. I think they can be a true contender and belong in that B tier without a doubt. Cardinals, they can be a wild card team, no doubt about it. But they need to keep Kyler away from the new call of duty or Fortnite during the double XP weekends so he can focus on getting double-digit wins and a berth in the playoffs if Cliff Kingsbury wants to keep his job in 2022. Then we get to the 49ers. Jury's still on of Trey Lance. Again, one one preseason game isn't going to make me think he's the second coming of Joe Montana, but he looked good. I'm intrigued with this team. And hopefully uh, Elijah Mitchell, former agent Cajun, isn't dealing with a whole lot of, you know, kind of hiccups with the hamstring injury that he did suffer during preseason, during the training camp, I should say. More likely than not, he's not going to be playing at all in the preseason, according to some reports. So those who wanted to see Elijah Mitchell for fantasy purposes, kind of hold off on that. Maybe get him later in the round. I think that's the way I would want to go if I was drafting a running back in the later rounds. I think that'd be a guy I'd want to get. C-tier, Philadelphia Eagles, Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, Carolina Panthers. I think I'm putting the Chicago Bears, I'll get to the Eagles and Lions in a second, but the Chicago Bears I'm solely putting there because I think this team is going to do, do a, a lot better than Matt Nagy, than he did, leaving that team. And Justin Fields is going to get a more of a fair shake with this franchise. Do they make the playoffs? No. But I think they'll be much better. A lot like what we saw Dan Campbell year one, I think we're going to see that from the Chicago Bears under the new regime. The Eagles are a team that has that chance to be a fringe wildcard team. Depends how the Bucks and more importantly, the Saints and the Cardinals and 49ers do. It's all dependent on that because I think the three teams that are in the B tier outside the Cardinals are all what I'm putting as wildcard contenders but the Eagles they have got a chance to do something I'm interested to see how they do without Doug Peterson running things I'm interested to see how that goes the Detroit Lions it's year two under Dan Campbell that team yes they lost a lot of games but at the same time they lost a lot of very close games you turn that around I think they can be a team on the rise and I haven't looked at their over under win total but I wouldn't mind looking at it let's say if it's seven and a half, eight, I probably would take that and run with it. Again, that's just my humble opinion. Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield, if he's the guy, if he takes over that job, I think there's every chance that team is going to be a thorn in some of the NFC South side. D tier, we'll just go. Run, we'll just run through these and we'll take a quick timeout. Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Dean say Moore. Washington Commanders, you have been cursed. For years and then you have this crappy name of the Washington Commanders I gotta say you're screwed pal Seattle Seahawks you're rebuilding Atlanta Falcons Desmond Ritter look good but again I'm not kind of tying myself to that game at all and the New York Giants they're the Giants Daniel Jones is still leading that team I guarantee you I do not give one iota about that team and I think they firmly belong in the D tier and damn near belong in the F tier. Let's we'll take a quick timeout. Jacques Doucet coming on board. So let's get to it. We'll take a quick timeout. Back with more on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers under the dome with CD back after this. Welcome back to uh, Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the Astros and LSU Tigers. And hey, we got a chance for you to win some great stuff inside the game clubhouse and help your date night blues. Trust me, I need some help with that, but I can't enter in to win this. And here's the thing. Once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have a chance to win some great prizes, including... $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Takehouse, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, both inside Cypress Bayou Casino Hotel. And even, get this, you have a chance to win a $50 gift certificate to Acadiana Bar and Grill inside the Game Clubhouse. So sign up today if you haven't already at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free, simple, Seriously, what the hell are you waiting for? And what the hell are we waiting for? We've been waiting long enough. Time to get our good friend Jacques Doucet of WAFB aboard, talking some LSU Tigers. Jacques, how you doing, man? Good morning, Clint. How are you? I'm doing fantastic on a Saturday morning, getting started off on the right foot, talking with you about the LSU Tigers, and let's get right out the gates with it. What's been... the What's things look like in practice with the quarterback battle? Because a lot of things I've been hearing, Jaden Daniels has taken a lot more of the first team snaps, while Miles Brennan seems to be lagging behind at least a little bit. Yeah,
2: you know, it's a new era for the media in terms of being able to watch practice um i've been at channel nine over two decades and i can't remember i think when i was at klax in alexandria back in 1999 i remember going to watch a scrimmage and shooting it and watching craig Knoll of alexandria at quarterback run into the end zone but you know we've been allowed we were allowed um just thursday to go and watch the entire practice uh shoot video of the first 12 periods and and yeah, I mean, the observations are that Jaden Daniels, uh, the transfer from Arizona State, was getting most of the reps with the first-team offense. Uh, Garrett Nussmeier has a minor ankle injury, so he didn't work um, in that session. Coach Kelly afterwards said that if he was healthy, he would have gotten his share of first-team reps. And then Miles Brennan appeared to appear to be taking a lot of uh, second team reps i would say that he kind of had the highlight of the of the day a very long and beautiful touchdown pass to Brian Thomas Jr from Walker High School down the road but it it was against uh you know secondary defense so that's uh, coach kelly afterwards said there was no separation at the quarterback position but what you say you know what you see and what you hear are two different things Actions mean everything. So uh, a big a big uh, day is coming up next Wednesday. I would say the team is going to scrimmage in Tiger Stadium. Uh, we're going to be able. To, the media is going to be able to watch all of it. And so you know that's August the seventeenth. You, you've hit mid-August, and the season opener is just three weeks away from this Sunday. So you're really you know you're kind of really getting into time of okay we got to we got to decide who our who our guy is. We've got to run first team reps with him at practice. We've got to get him ready and. And that goes in hand-in-hand uh, hand with an offensive line that is still not solidified by any means and has a lot of you know, questions going into the year and, and, a, and a running game that's got huge question marks as well. I mean, there are question marks across the board with this team. There are areas with this team that are very, very talented and deep, like defensive line and wide receiver, a very heavy Acadiana theme to the wide receivers when you're talking about Keyshawn Butte. Uh, Jack Besh, Malik neighbors, but you know you, you've got to get your offensive line straight and you've got to decide who your quarterback is. You're hearing a lot of they like a guy that can run and pass as most people do, and that Brennan is just a little you know uh, cement feet is the way somebody described it, although I do believe he's got you the best big play ability in the passing game in terms of his ability to launch the ball down the field so uh, that's where it is right now.
1: And I like how you put that. How like because you mentioned the fact that the media coverage is a lot different now than it has been going back. Like you, know, you said, back to the turn of the millennium, back when obviously Twitter. I mean, MySpace wasn't even thing in nineteen ninety nine. When when the last time you had things a little bit more wide open than it is now. Like it, it, because it's interesting. You brought up the fact there's been a handful of camp injuries. It feels like sometimes when there's an injury in camp, all of a sudden. You close up shop and you're kind of having to just see some of the warm-ups and that's about it. Now you're seeing more of an in-depth look at how practice is. That way you have more of an opinion and an idea of how this team looks. That's been interesting to see from Brian Kelly. I'll say that much.
2: Yeah, well, another guy from Acadiana, one of the greats of all time in sports broadcasting, Charles He he always made me laugh when he said college football coaches were more paranoid than drug dealers. And it, it really is true. I mean – I remember Les Miles' last year in 2016 I think they let us in for maybe the first two and a half days or something like that and then the LSU offense all they were really doing was lining up a trips and 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 they start shouting at us to turn the cameras off and you know uh, you know get get the media out of practice and then, you know they go to the season opener against Wisconsin and roll out a very brutal offensive game plan and get beat and scoring and only one offensive touchdown and you're like Wow, that's what you were hiding from us, uh, you know. Not exactly a bunch of trick plays and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I, back in the spring, he let us watch a lot of pra- uh, a lot of practices, start to finish, and uh, and I and I thought to myself, well, he's letting us see some stuff in the spring. They're kind of just doing some vanilla stuff. Once they get into August, and once they start getting in the fall camp, that's not going to be the case. But surprisingly, uh, it is. So, uh, and then once the season starts, I really don't need to go to practice to be honest with you, uh, very often because uh, somebody working in television, you're getting all your B-roll basically from the games and the pregame warm-ups. So um, so I appreciate it for sure. And another change that they announced this morning, which is something, I mean, I can't remember the LSU radio show, the coaches show, not being on Wednesday, whether it was, you know, DeNardo, Sabin, Miles, or Ogeron, and uh, Brian Kelly is going to have his radio show on Thursdays. At TJ Ribs, so that's another new, interesting thing that's being brought in with the new regime.
1: Oh yeah, trust me. When I saw that, it kind of threw me off because, like, I've been in this—I've been in this place for eight years. It'll be a decade and a couple of years, but like I can, ever since I can remember, it's always been Wednesday nights, TJ Ribs. That's the place to be. Now it's Thursday nights. So it's a little bit different. It's further proven. Maybe you know, change is a very good thing. A lot of different perspectives. But let's flip over to the running back room because obviously I think now is Emory Jones' time to shine. What can you say about what you've seen from this running back room and the rest of the offense outside the wide receivers that we've talked about so far? How have you seen that running back room kind of separate itself? Has there been a clear running back one?
2: Well, I don't think so. I'm, well, I think John Emory is the guy that they're banking on. I mean, this is his last at-bat He's been there since 2019. We've seen him flash here and there. We remember the long touchdown run he had against Alabama and, two, and Tiger Stadium in 2020. We remember uh, against Vanderbilt in 2020 when he really you know, had electricity to him. But it's been a disappointment, let's be honest. He, he has not lived up to his billing. Um, he was academically ineligible all for last year had a former LSU player who played in recent years tell me, do you know how hard it is to be academically ineligible, which you know I, I think is a, a discredit to the former staff that that, that, that slipped by them somehow that, that their, their running back was was out for the entire year. So it, this is it for him. He's a senior. Uh, it, it'd be great if he could really step up in, in the rushing attack and do some good things for them this year. Um, and then Noah Kane is a big question, uh, a big X factor as well. He was a Baton Rouge native who played at IMG Academy and then went to Penn State for several years. He had some injuries at Penn State. Uh, you know, some talk about him not being the same player last year coming off the injury. So maybe now he's got a little more confidence. I believe he had the Liz Frank injury, which was the same injury that Derek Stingley Jr. had, the foot injury. And so uh, and so he's supposed to kind of bring you some low-to-the-ground thunder, uh, some power, kind of in the the same vibe as, as Tyreen Davis-Price, who, had some nice runs last night for the San Francisco 49ers in a preseason game. So those are the two guys that 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 stand out. I think those are the two guys that they're hoping to count on in the rushing attack. You know, Trey Bradford got a million chances and he's no longer with the team. So uh so those are the two guys. And then this week Mike Denbrock, the offensive coordinator, also talking about how you know they want to get them involved in the passing game as well. When you've got Wide receivers like LSU's got, there may be a big effort by the defense to take away a Kayshaun Boutte, uh, Malik Neighbors, and then someone's got to pop open, and that's when you'd like to really utilize you know, a John Emery on a dump-off pass and watch him go 10, 15 yards. So uh, that's how they look to get them involved as well.
1: Talking right now, Jacques Doucet, WAFB-TV, and looking on the defense side of the football during the two-minute drill that we play at the top of the hour mentioned the fact that Brian Kelly's been kind of positive on what's going on with the secondary after kind of heading into after spring practice, you kind of were left with a lot to be desired from that secondary group. What can you say about what you've seen from that secondary?
2: Yeah, you know, chat with my buddy, Mike Scarborough, tiger uh, we, we We've got some skepticism about this secondary and, and, and how good it can be. Uh, a lot of guys coming off of injury, you know, seven banks from Ohio state has just now been cleared to do some seven on seven stuff. Uh, Jared Bernard Tomvers from Oklahoma state. Uh, he, he's now just kind of finally working himself in there. Uh, Makai Gardner, who you guys know very well from UL Lafayette. Some people say, man, he looks, he looks a little big for a corner. Um, and then the two guys from Arkansas, what is it? Greg Brooks and Joe Fochay. I mean, how good are these guys? So, It really is a bunch of new faces uh, thrown in there. You've you've got some veterans like a Jay Ward at safety who I think will be a big team leader and who's a very talented guy back there in the secondary. But, um, you know, when when you watch practice sometimes and you see an LSU wide receiver make a big play, uh, are you saying, "Wow, you know, we, we know the LSU wide receivers are talented, but at the same time, man, are the defensive backs getting toasted? And then Sage Ryan from there in Baton Rouge, uh, from there in Lafayette, as well is another, you know, guy that uh, had injuries last year and had struggles, and, and is looking to, you know, play at safety as well. So that that's a big question, no doubt, in the secondary. And I guess we'll we'll get some more answers with this scrimmage coming up on Wednesday.
1: One more before I let you go, Jacques, and we we bring up a lot of these young guys coming from the Acadian area, but I think more importantly, what we're seeing from this recruiting class so far. After a lot of skepticism, it looks like Brian Kelly's starting to land a lot more, of, a lot more of those fishes in the boat. Yeah,
2: we expect another one today, and Kylan Jackson from Zachary, the safety. We think he's going to uh, make his pledge to LSU at three thirty. And so, you know, it, it, it's a difficult thing. Sometimes you, you you sometimes don't get credit for recruiting guys from Louisiana. You, fans just take it for granted that you know they're supposed to come here. Uh, every kid is different, every kid's brain is wired different, different family dynamics and what the mom and dad want, and academics and all that. You can't get every kid from Louisiana, but certainly LSU has done a pretty good job recently in getting verbal commitments from a, a Caleb Jackson, a very talented running back from Liberty High School, uh, You know, certainly Shelton Sampson a week ago today, um, five-star wide receiver from Catholic High, gives his pledge, talks about how important the Shelton stays uh, campaign was on the internet, the hashtag on Twitter, everyone saying Shelton stays and and how much they wanted him to to be here. And, uh, and so, yeah, uh, Ricky Collins this past week, you know, after, you know, no one thought that Arch Manning was ever coming to LSU and Eli Holstein and the dynamics with the Holsteins and, and Walker Howard and the Howards, they, there was never really a thought that he would come to LSU. So he's committed to Alabama. So, I don't think it was, you know. You always say, "Oh, you got to have a quarterback in the class." Maybe it wasn't as uh, urgent this year, but still, you want to have a QB in the class. And Ricky Collins commits uh, from Woodlawn High School in Baton Rouge here. So yeah, they've they've been on a bit of a heater, but it's always. You got to compare yourself to the other people in the SEC. How do we stack up? Stack uh, stack up against Alabama. How do we stack up against Georgia, Notre Dame, where Brian Kelly just came from? There, I think they're ranked number one in the recruiting rankings. Uh, Scarborough do not think that's going to last, but uh, but anyway, that's uh, yeah. You're right. They, they've done a very good job lately in recruiting. Of course, uh, you know, back to the late '80s, very uh, uh, you know cheesy balladeer Richard Marks, you remember him? He said, uh, "Don't be nothing until you sign it on the dotted line." So uh you got to get the guys to sign and just because a kid commits to your school doesn't mean uh the recruiting is going to stop uh quite the contrary but uh yeah they're doing well in recruiting right now
1: Jacques thank you so much for coming on my man we'll talk to you down the road enjoy the rest of your weekend all right Clint thanks for having me all right Jacques Doucet everybody appreciate him joining the program gonna take a quick time out come back wrap the hour with my fave five picks to click for the weekend Right after this on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers.
0: The world-famous CD always has his eyes on the lines out in Las Vegas. Hit me. 20. Hit me.
2: 21. Hit me. 22.
0: Here's his five favorite bets for the weekend. Will he make you rich beyond your wildest dreams? Or will you be cursing him out after he goes 0 for 5? Let's find out on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Welcome back to under the dome with CD considers an express lane style of this week's picks to click. Cause we ran a little bit long with our guy JD, but you know what? I don't hate it last week. We had the Seattle Mariners against the over the Los Angeles Angels at 205. That hit. Baltimore Orioles minus 165 against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yep. Ray's loss to the Detroit Tigers. That one hurt. Philadelphia Phillies, that pick cash. And then of course the Manchester United got upset by Brighton 2 1. Damn near make me want to vomit and never bet on that game bet on that team again. So I'm going to go ahead and reset it this week. We're going to move forward. With a five-pick parlay. And if it hits, it's going to net you $61.28. Start off. New York Mets. I got them beating the Philadelphia Phillies. They're minus 205. Give me the Los Angeles Dodgers beating the Kansas City Royals at minus 260. The New York Yankees, Red Sox. I got that under nine runs at minus 110. And then the San Francisco Giants beat the Pittsburgh Pirates at minus 240. And I'll throw in an underdog, and I'll go preseason style here to wrap up our number one. The Carolina Panthers beat the Washington Commanders. That's a plus 120-odd there. So, again, a five-pick parlay. We'll put it up on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff shortly. But that's the pick. It's picks to click. And we got hour two coming your way after this on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 104-1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.